Robinson. Probably not. Let's pray. Father God, as we look into your word this morning, grant us a deeper confidence in yourself and turn our eyes permanently upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who is in control. Amen. Psalm 27 and Matthew 12. In our present sermon series, we have looked so far at following Jesus deeper and further, the blessing of simplicity, the veil of sin, and last Sunday, listening to his word. Today, our theme is gaze of faith. Or in Psalm 27, verse 4, just read to us, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I don't think I have ever preached on a Sunday when the world is in such turmoil as it is today. I didn't start preaching during the Second World War, um, so that probably would have been different. But we've heard news all around the world of the chaos that has come, especially in the financial markets, following the British people's decision on Thursday to get out of Europe. Forty-eight percent of our nation is really troubled today, and 52 percent are really not sure of what the future holds. And I find the choice of this psalm coincidentally this morning is one of marvelous confidence in God. There's eight psalms of confidence in our Psalter. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? What better verse could we give to the House of Commons if they're meeting tomorrow? Our first reading this morning gives us some of the words of this psalm of confidence in the Lord our God. The gospel reading gave us a fulfillment of a prophecy of one of the servant songs about the Lord Jesus Christ, but written some 600 years or so before he was born. In Matthew, immediately before the gospel reading that came to us, we could have read these words. The Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. That evil plan had started after Jesus had healed man with a shriveled hand who came into the church one morning. For three years, Jesus went about doing good. He healed people of terrible diseases. He gave sight to the blind. He gave hearing to those who had been deaf. He raised at least three people from death to life. Quite early in his gospel, Luke records that all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. And yet it's not long before we read, the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Can you imagine if one of our GPs in our congregation had the ability God-given to do the sort of miracles that Jesus did? 
and people go out and seek to kill him. David the psalmist knew only too well the fearful enemies he had, even his own son Absalom. Psalm 62 is another of the Psalms of Confidence, this one directly related to when that son had driven his father out of Jerusalem. It's a terrible situation recorded in detail in 2 Samuel chapters 13 to 18. Absalom had carried the favor of the people towards himself, turning them against his father, so much so that his father and his loyal men had to flee from the city of Jerusalem. Eventually, one of the saddest battles in all of history it was recorded in Scripture was engaged. This one, a son against his father, took place in the forest of Ephraim just to the north of Jerusalem. And Absalom lost his life, and the kingdom was once again returned rightfully to his father. It was a very dark hour, and long before the outcome of that battle was known, this was David's response, a psalm of confidence in God. Three sections. There's trust under stress. Secondly, holding on to that trust. And thirdly, trust facing the reality of the situation. We see the same reaction to evil, though much infinitely more deeply, in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The antagonism of the so-called religious leaders of Israel was shown as their true colors of enmity against God's anointed Son became apparent. Early in Mark's Gospel, we read of Jesus healing a man, as I mentioned just now, with a withered hand. Jesus asked the assembled worshipers, say, what do you think? Is it okay to do good or evil on the Sabbath day? And he looked around at them with anger. So he healed him. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? I, I, I honestly wonder if God, his father, was smiling in heaven. You show him, my boy. And so Jesus healed this man of his affliction on the Sabbath in the synagogue. We read on the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. As I said earlier, here in our Matthew passage set for today, once again the Pharisees were plotting to kill him. We read it so glibly, but can you stop for a moment and imagine the atmosphere? Can you imagine the temptation in, uh, uh, for Jesus to sort of slow things down, not to speak out against the religious hypocrisy of the leaders, perhaps to do his healing miracles very much more in secret and in private so that he didn't draw attention to himself? But Isaiah had told us he set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem. How deeply 
poignant then of this is this quote from the prophecy. Here is my servant whom I have chosen. The one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He'll not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. Two desperate situations. One for King David and one for Jesus. And it was in those situations, not afterwards, that both David and Jesus expressed their total confidence in God. It can sometimes be so easy, can't it, to trust God while all is well, when there's health in the bones, food in the larder, and money in the bank. We think, or we're tempted to think, we can cope. Almost, we don't need God's help to lead the Christian life we can do it ourselves without his hope. We cannot begin to plumb the depths of Jesus' faith in his Father. But as for David, he was as human as you and I. And we can understand what he was going through. He was under the most terrible pressure. He could have said, God, you've given me this throne. You've given me the charge of your people Israel. Why allow my son to behave this way? No. He didn't. But in Psalm 27, what he said was, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What faith in God. Thirty years ago, there was a man called Terry Waite. He was the Archbishop's envoy to the Middle East, and he was alive to his faith in God and lived through some awful years. In 1985, Terry Waite became involved in hostage negotiation in Lebanon on behalf of Archbishop Runcie and secure the release of several. He went back to Beirut on the 12th of January, 1987, and was then negotiating for the release of men from the Islamic Jihad organization. He agreed to meet his captors, and he was promised safe conduct to visit them. The group broke that trust and took Terry himself hostage on the 20th of January, 1987. He remained in captivity for 1,763 days. The first four years of which he was in solitary confinement. Somehow, a message got through to him from a church fellowship in Bedford with a picture of one of Bunyan's stories in the Pilgrim's Progress. And when he got back to Lynham, 
after his release, he told the story of this card that had got through to him, and he said, it held me. And the quote at the bottom of that card was this, the last two verses of our reading, I'm still confident of this, I will see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. My friends, you and I haven't the slightest clue what's going to happen in the next few days, few weeks. The government of our country is tearing itself apart. The opposition has increased its inward tearing apart in the early hours of this morning with the sacking of Hillary Benn. We don't know what Europe's going to say. They're still trying to run us from Brussels and tell us what to do and when to do it. I guess out of the 52%, there's a massive number of us really are not sure if we voted the right way because none of us knows the future. But I'm still confident of this. I shall see the Lord face to face in the land of the living. Let's sing a little song that I think you know so well. At least I hope you do. It would be very interesting to see how you were brought up. Um, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Joan is going to sing a song. No, 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 no. Let's remain seated and sing this song as a confidence in our Lord and Heavenly Father. Thank you, Mary. Ta 